This is the Good News Station, WCNO, Palm City. Hi, I'm Gertrude Walker, Supervisor of Elections for St. Lucie County. The voter registration books will close October the 9th for the general election. Are you a registered voter? Is your address current? If you answered no to either of these questions, this reminder is for you. To vote on November the 6th, you must be a registered voter. You can register at all three Supervisor of Elections offices and all county libraries or visit slcelections.com. Your vote is your voice. Morningside Academy, the first private school in Port St. Lucie, has been providing academics with excellence since 1987. Morningside Academy offers private Christian education in a godly atmosphere, teaching truths that will last a lifetime. Morningside Academy provides excellence in academics, athletics, and the arts while developing Christ-like leaders for today and the future. For more information, call 772-335-3231. Good morning. I'm Pastor Bob Tarvis, your host for the Revealing Truth radio broadcast. I want to invite you to listen in today as Pastor Jason Baumgartner takes us on a journey through God's Word that will reveal truths for our lives. John 8.32 says, And you shall know the truth, and the truth shall set you free. Grab a pen and take some notes, and let the Holy Spirit reveal the Father's heart to you. So when Saul spent 20 years never seeking the presence of God, all of a sudden, how many know he fell into sin? You know what a sin was? He wanted things for himself. He wanted it all to be about him, and not about the king. The Lord told him to destroy the nation of his enemy. Take them out. Wipe them all out. And Saul didn't. He kept the king alive and kept the best things for himself. And Samuel showed up. You know the story. Samuel showed up. And he said, what in the world are you doing? And Saul said, I did everything the Lord God commanded me to do. And, and Samuel says, well, what's that bleating of sheep that I hear? Oh, it's way better to obey than sacrifice. You didn't do what God told you to do. Why didn't you obey the Lord? And watch what Saul does. I know I have done wrong. Watch this. He says this to Samuel. I know I have done wrong. But honor me in front of the people. Honor me in front of the people. Don't let the world know that I blew it. Don't let anybody know that I goofed up. Let me live behind masks and facades. Let me live behind a fake religion and a fake presence so that everybody will still respect me as the king. I wonder what would happen in America if all the religious systems that have lied to people and held people in bondage for centuries would just get real and they would say, you know what, this Jehovah's Witness religion is a false religion. We need to repent. We need to stop leading people to hell. I wonder what would happen if the Mormon church would wake up one morning and the elders of the Mormon church would get together and have a visitation of the Holy Ghost and say, you know what, we blew it. We've missed it. We've done far worse than the worldly culture could ever do. We've done far worse than any demonic force could ever do. We've blindly led people blindly to their destruction. Come on, somebody. Amen. Saul would not repent. He wouldn't let himself come to a place of humility where he said, I messed up. I blew it. Because of that, Samuel said, not only will I not honor you before the people, but what's been given you is going to be taken away from you and given to somebody else. I'm giving it to God's going to give it to someone else. And that's when God went looking for somebody to anoint his king. He went looking for somebody that didn't talk like a king, didn't act like a king, didn't dress like a king, didn't move like a king, didn't worship like a king. 
And that's where he found David. In fact, he found him in a place of obscurity. What are you saying, Pastor? I'm saying that the leaders of our next generation aren't coming off of the TV screen wearing $1,000 suits and flying around in Lear jets. I'm saying that the leaders of this next move of God are handing out bulletins at the door and serving in kids' church and working in the nursery and showing up on Saturday for work days and giving everything they got for the move of God. Some of them are serving right here in this church. They've been called, but they're serving their way to their destiny. Some of them are tending sheep on the back 40. They look like nobodies and sound like nobodies. But what they are is they're young Davids with a heart for God. They're young Davids with a heart for God who no longer delight in religion, who no longer delight in formality, but always are looking for the power of His presence. They're the ones that want to show up at 5 o'clock in the morning and intercede for a lost and dying generation and have no problem doing it. They're not getting down here out of obligation. They're doing it because they're hungry. A move of God. So all of a sudden, David's called. Now, let me understand, when he was anointed by Samuel, they didn't put him on a cart and roll him into the city and throw palm branches down on the street. He went right back to the sheep. He got anointed and went right back out watching the sheep. I mean, on most people today, you give them one prophecy and you can't get them to be a greeter no more. They're down at Staples getting their prophetic cards printed up. Hmm? I know you, some of y'all ain't going to say amen, but it's the truth. Huh? Listen, we have to learn how to be anointed for another season and still live in patience and faith while we're waiting on that season to manifest. Because David was anointed for a kingship that he wasn't going to live for a long time. You can shout right there if you want to. Huh? So all of a sudden, David becomes king, goes back to the sheepfold, and then he began a life of pursuing a call that was on his life. He began to pursue the destiny of his life. Now, how you know, as David began to establish Zion, and Zion was the place of praise, the first thing David did when he became king over all of Israel is he said this. He said, I cannot live without the presence of God. I will not live without the presence of God. And he was sitting in the palace one day, and he said, Men... Where's the ark? We will not live without the presence of God in our midst. Let's go and get it. And you know what he did? He went and got it. Huh? And you remember the first time he tried to get it, uh, the way that it got back to Israel, they put it on a cart with two milk cows. And watch this, he danced. They had a celebration and they threw a party. There was high praise. Everybody was having a good time until they got to the threshing floor of Ornan, where the ground tilted. And when they got to the threshing floor, the ark tilted and almost fell off the cart. And Uzzah, who was a really good friend of David, reached up and tried to steady the ark. And when he touched it, he dropped dead. Fell over dead. Everybody all right? He dropped dead. And the reason he dropped dead is because he wasn't qualified to handle the ark. Because how many of you know, nobody was allowed to touch the ark of the covenant. And all of a sudden, Uzzah falls dead and the parade stopped. And David's buddy was dead. He was laying on the ground dead, and finally David says, hold it, wait a minute. We need to get some understanding about this move of God before we kill somebody else. Come on, are you here today? We need to get some understanding. 
I wish every church on the Treasure Coast was listening to this message this morning, not because I'm special, but because they need to hear it. I need to hear it. We all need to hear this word. People are being slaughtered in God's house because the move of God is being mishandled. David said, I got to get some understanding about how to handle this move. Because I don't figure out how to handle it properly. I'm going to kill more people in the process. And Uzzah was dead and it wasn't Uzzah's fault. It was David's fault. And the reason is, is because David tried to bring the presence in an unlawful way. He didn't find due order. Somebody say due order. And when he did not pursue due order, it cost him the life of his friend. Can I just tell you something? He tried to bring the presence of God in on a milk cart, but the presence of God was never meant to be brought in on a milk cart. It was meant to be born on the shoulders of anointed men who were consecrated before the Lord, and they were called priests. And David didn't find due order, and it cost the life of innocent. We cannot take the move of God lightly. Huh? Listen, ladies and gentlemen, when the move of God is taking place, it is done in order. I'm going to wait on some of you. You're worth waiting for. When the move of God is taking place, it is done in order. When it's done chaotically, it brings confusion. People get confused. And it will cost you the life of baby Christians that do not understand the move of God. And they will judge it and walk out of church and never come back. And it will not be their fault. It will be the leadership's fault. Jesus was standing around one day and the child, he said, bring this child to me. And he said, lest we offend one of these. It'd be better for a millstone to be tied around your neck and be cast. Well, he didn't know that child, didn't know his name, didn't know nothing about the child. He didn't know if he was a little brat. Huh? He didn't know if he just stole a bunch of bread from the marketplace. He didn't know what he was. But what he did know about that child is that the child was humble. He was obedient when he called him. He was immature. And the picture that Jesus was saying was that when mature people in the kingdom of God offend an immature person in the kingdom of God and cause them to be turned away from the kingdom, it would be better for a millstone to be tied around their neck and cast into a sea. Still want to be an apostle. Still want to be a pastor. Still want to be a teacher. Listen to me, it's a great responsibility. The move of God comes to liberate those in bondage, to bring revelation, to honor God. That's why we have to have people who are anointed and consecrated before God We have to have people that lead, that are sold out to the cause. They're not in it for themselves. They're not looking for promotion. They just want to serve God. Otherwise, you don't get holy fire, you get strange fire. You get wacky fire. You get flaky fire. But how many know God is looking for holy fire? Some of these moves of God that started out in great power and manifestations and miracles, and we've seen all kinds of wonderful things happen, ended up doing more damage to the body of Christ than the good that they did. And how many know that's not the people's fault who went to the meetings? It's not the people's fault who stood in line four hours to get into the building where there was supposed to be an outpouring of the Holy Ghost. It's the fault of the leaders who were leading, who got so high and mighty that they thought the move of God was all about their gift and their anointing and what they had for the people rather than what God had for the people. And it ended up moving from a great move of God, a great place of supernatural miracles, it ended up becoming an attack of the enemy that did damage to the body of Christ. And we've seen that manifest in society for the last 40 years like never before. Where the heart of many is waxed cold. That's why we preach truth here, ladies and gentlemen. Because I've had about all that kind of church I can stand. That's why we 
value truth. That's why we believe truth. That's why it's important that we tell the truth. And listen, I want to see manifestations of miracles. I want to see the supernatural move of God. I want to see the move of God in our church. And I think we are having a move of God in our church. I want the manifestation in this house. I want miracles in this house. I want healings in this house. But it will be done in order, and it will be done by the Holy Spirit. Amen? Because if we don't, if we don't, we will hurt people. And we are not going to hurt people. Amen? We got pastors in the country today. They got three security guards, two or three bodyguards, entourages, armor bearers, and only got 10 people in the church. I, I mean, I'm just being real. Pastor walk around and everybody, everybody in his church is on his staff. And the pastor walk around in a suit and everybody got a suit on with him. I'm not joking. This is what we've become. Somewhere along the line, leaders have got the idea that ministry is really all about them and it has left people broken and it has left people hurt, and it's left a trail of people that will never step foot in church again. we got pastors and teachers and evangelists that can't even walk among the people anymore. They act like they're some kind of a Hollywood celebrity, can't touch nobody because, you know, they're so anointed. huh? And don't touch him because if you touch him, the anointing on him is so strong and you've got sin in your heart, you'll fall dead. We need somebody that will find the order of the Lord and preach the truth. Somebody that will know how to facilitate this move of God that's for our generation. And not play church, but be the church. How many of you are ready to be the church? If you're an apostle or a prophet or a pastor or a teacher or an evangelist, you are an apostle, pastor, teacher, or an evangelist to serve the church. And you serve the church with your gifting. The gifting doesn't define you. The de- gifting defines your Father in heaven who gave you the gifting to serve the church. Listen to me very carefully. The only position that is open in the body of Christ is serving. I'm going to try that again. The only position that is open in the body of Christ is serving. Amen? We have to have the mentality of being kingdom-minded people. Amen? And the way we do that is when we recognize that my life is not my own. It belongs to Him. It's a drink offering that God can pour it out anytime He wants to. He can dump it right out anytime He wants to. And I'm willing to lay my life down for somebody else. I'm willing to cut my ears short because God wants to use me. And I'm okay with that. Are you ready to really be a drink offering? Come on now. Thank you for joining us today for The Revealing Truth with Pastor Jason Baumgartner. We hope you will tune in again each day, Monday through Friday, right here on WCNO 89.9 FM. To obtain your copy of this week's message, please send your check for $5 for shipping and handling to 3891 Edwards Road, Fort Pierce, Florida, 34981. To pay by phone or simply make a love gift, you can call 772-461-8555. That number again is 772-461-8555. For more exciting information on our church, service times, and directions, you can check us out on the web at igniteyourworld.com. This has been The Revealing Truth with Pastor Jason Baumgartner, and I'm your host, Bob Tarvis. See you next time on The Revealing Truth. This is Kenneth Hagen of Faith Seminar of the Air. I learned something from P.C. Nelson that I've never forgotten.
He said the time will come when you'll need faith either for yourself or for some member of your family. And if you haven't kept your faith strong, you'll be at a disadvantage. That's why I encourage you to listen to Faith Seminar there every Monday through Friday on this station, and it will help keep your faith strong. Faith Seminar of the Air, heard at 7.15 a.m. daily on WCNO.
the risen Lord from Greg X. Volt. Silently they sing of the wonder of their kindler, of the power of their king. This is WCNO, Palm City, the good news station. Welcome to Family Matters, a daily look inside the real world of parents and their children. 